When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, welcome to Underrated Live. Woo! This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the movie. I certainly did. Um, for anyone listening at home, uh, the film we just watched was 1984's Runaway, a uh, techno thriller written and directed by Michael Crichton. Uh, we are the Undercast Company. My name is Derek McDuff, and I'm joined, as always, by Ariel Ortiz. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hello. Alan Torres. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And we uh, are joined for, by a special guest today, Mr. Logan Crow, the owner and proprietor of the Frida Cinema, where we had our great live show. Uh, Logan shows the film. Say hi, everybody, Logan. Hello, everybody. Hello. Yeah. How'd everybody like the movie? Yeah? yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, as I said, written and directed Michael Crichton, starring Tom Selleck, um, Christy Alley, uh, of course, uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss as the main antagonist. Um, but let's, let's get right into it. Uh, Logan, since you were the one who chose the movie, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you love it so much and, you know, why you brought it to all of our attention? Absolutely. Uh, when you guys reached out, I mean, there's a million different ways I could go trying to think of a movie that I thought is underrated and underappreciated. And, you know, a lot of the movies that I love that are, that I consider to be underrated or underappreciated have become cult classics. So, um, you know, they have a following, even something like The Fall has a, you know, its own sort of cult oh, following. But I feel like The Fall, the fall is fantastic, it's right? It's the best. I, I definitely want to put that on our, I have it on our list. It's but, a masterpiece, um, but, you know, but it's, but, but, you know, as much as you can't find it and it's kind of like vague, people do know it, they talk about it, but I feel like no one talks about Runaway. Mm-hmm. I don't see it on sci-fi lists, you know, and, and as much as I recognize that there is just, 80s happening all over this movie. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. The absolute best parts of it, to be honest. I, I yeah! I loved it. Absolutely. There's just so much imagination going on in this movie, and, and it's, you know, and it's, I think it's paced really well, and it just moves at a clip, and uh, I think it's just a blast. I think it's a blast of a film. I have always been a huge fan of this movie, so it was my immediate pick for this. Yeah, I think it's like, what did people in 1984 think the world would be like in 1986? Correct. I mean, it's the same year the Terminator <laughs> came out. So, I mean, you yeah, got two filmmakers with very sort of like not very pleasant views of where technology was headed. Yeah, Michael Crichton, not liking technology. Who would have thunk? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, for, it w- the one thing that I could like say the word that sums up this whole thing and I was like right at the end I was like riveting like just yeah. it's just so like it, insane and out there and like 
Um, I, I ended up liking it, you know, for better or worse, of whether it meant to or not. It's such an enjoyable movie. And, of course, as Tom Selleck is in all of his movies, he's just Tom Selleck. He is the mustachioed <laughs> Magnum P.I., just yeah. out there, you know, just out there, you know, to either solve a crime or take care of a kid. You know, you got you got three men. A rubber woman's nose. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three men and a, um, and a little lady or a baby mixed in there. And then you have, like, you know, like Tom Selleck, Ma Magnum P.I., like I said. And I was just like, this is just Tom Selleck. And I think that's just how Tom Selleck is just always going to be. He's just going to be Tom Selleck playing in everything. And, and it was just so enjoyable. I think Gene Simmons is one of the <laughs> most, like, he could use his face, like yeah. Everybody knows he could use you could, he could use his tongue very like you know, um, impressively. But man, does that man like every different? He had to be like doing a hundred different faces, and like every time his eyes like blinked like creepily, I was like, I he yeah, he's a good bad guy, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. This is your first time seeing it, right? Yeah. That's yeah. so rad. That's so cool. No, I, did anybody notice that? I feel like. Um, Gene Simmons just watched Scanners. I don't know if Scanners came out before this. I think so. And he just saw Michael Ironside. <laughs> and he's like, I want to do that. I'm yeah. going to do that. And my friend's like, go for it, dude. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't think Gene Simmons is a great actor in this, but he has such a presence. Like, it's the same yeah. stage presence as he has because he's so theatrical in Kiss that he's just kind of like, he gives you this, like, stare that like looks right into like through the screen into your throat so through the back of Tom Selleck's head into you like it's so unnerving and you're like wow like he, he couldn't give like you know he couldn't play like Iago or something in Othello but like this like he is it's like almost like the shark in Jaws just like <laughs> terrified just these dead creepy eyes just like coming for you no matter what you do he will come for you and he will send his horrible little robots and I, I watched it before to kind of like prep for this, um, but it was, a, it was right when we first started talking, it was a couple months ago, and I forgot a lot of how just unnerving he is, and that last little jump scare he does was the most <laughs> 80s thing I've ever seen, where it's yeah. just like, ah! Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. just, he's, oh. I was like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? They did it. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's literally the end of Scream, where they're just like, the killer or the bad guy's going to scare the audience for one last time, and I was like, come on, dude, do it. And then he did, I was like, yes. Like, I, me and my girlfriend just, like, jumped out of our seat. <laughs> Even though we knew it was going to happen, we're just like, oh, yes, it's perfect. But uh, real quick, did anybody else hope that, like, when he gave the suitcase to the guy, like, there was no money in it? Like, yeah. I was just hoping there was just going to be a bunch of, like, Kiss memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, Gene Simmons is so, like, pushy about it. He's like, do you want to, would you like a Kiss coffin? When you <laughs> I thought it was going to be the, the spider, because, like, it just, like, opens it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was expecting that, And then that it too. comes, no, better, better. It comes out from a used towel and then jumps at him. Yeah. It's funny, because, like, I was reading up a little bit on this movie, and apparently Gene Simmons, like, a bunch of people were trying to get in, in other movies. Like, they were like, oh, be in this movie. And they were all music movies. And he kept being like, no, no, I don't want to just be, like, Gene Simmons from Kiss in a movie. I want to just, like, have an actual part. And they, like, Michael Crichton really, really figured it out for, like, him in this movie. Like, he was like, yeah, like, you, you've got that stage presence. We'll put you in this. And I'm so glad that he waited and wasn't just, like, you know, in, you know, like whatever random musical movie. Like, he actually went out and did something that was just kind of out of his normal wheelhouse. But when you stop and think about it, you're like, yeah, that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
there was just so many like impressive moments that I wasn't expecting. Like, like how fast the dad was running away from the bullet, and then the <laughs> bullet time too. The sh first showing of like this, like you know, like um, you know, self-tracing bullet, and the technology was actually very impressive. Like just like out there, and I know that they predicted the drones. Yeah, they predicted. Yeah, they drones. predicted a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot in this movie that I'm calling you on a mobile phone. What? There's like a whole list. If you go like IMDb trivia, there's like this whole list of things that are in this movie that did not exist at the time. Yeah, that's just really, really incredible. Everything from the video doorknob cameras to the to cops having semi-automatic weapons because back then they had revolvers to uh, internet at some level, uh, social media. Uh, there's, a, there's another big one that, oh, the little TV that Bobby's watching under the bed. Mm. We, they didn't have small TVs yeah, back then. Yeah. So all this stuff, that was pretty amazing that, the, that this movie is so prescient. Yeah. You know, it should be respected. Yeah, yeah seriously, it's, it's amazing. Well, I was reading this book, um, uh, I think it's called, it was uh, this book by John Truby, and he was talking about like different storytellers and stuff, and one of the ones he mentions is Crichton, and he's like, Crichton, he's not at the best to come up with like, compelling characters or like, you know, crazy original storylines, but the guy has all these insane concepts. Like, he just think of stuff. And, like, what you just said, Bruzik, when he predicted all this technology that would be coming out in the next, you know, or, like, 35 years later or whatever it is, you know, close to 40 years later, and he really did have all these ideas for things that would become a part of our everyday life. And he's got explanations that I love. He's good with world building. Like, when you watch Jurassic Park, you know, and you're watching the whole Mr. DNA video and they're talking about, you know, an amber and they... Right. You're kind of watching and being like, oh, really? I guess, yeah. I guess if the mosquitoes are trapped in amber, you could probably get their DNA out and fuse it up. And like, you know, Westworld, you know, all of these ideas that he had, you know, he doesn't just throw out the sci-fi world. He always puts in layers of explanation of, of how that world exists. And one of the things I love about Runaway is that it's all, Runaway is told so matter-of-factly. Yeah. This is what they do and they're robot, you know, um, people and they look at robot crimes and the terminology that's used, all this feature talk is just said breathlessly, just like you would today, about anything that exists. Uh, and I always thought it really helped sort of create a believable world uh, in which a lot of, like, you know, insane things happen. Yeah. yeah. I give this movie a lot of credit. Oh, <laughs> I no, really no, no. do. It was great. I'd never yeah. heard about it, actually, yeah. before you mentioned yeah. it. And then, because when we first were emailing, you were like, oh, Runaway, we should do that. And you were like, have you, have you seen it? And I was like, no. <laughs> but I'm but damn, really glad we did. It just doesn't come up. It doesn't. It, yeah, no. It really talks about Runaway. It's a perfect pick for this podcast, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it just drops you in the deep end. And, like, you, it, it randomly, um, a recent movie that had just did that, and I kind of get the, got the same sense, is Dune. Yeah. Because it just like drops you in, doesn't give you any explanation, but then you like catch up and catch up like, okay, this is how the world is, this is how it is, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was very much like uh, like it, it was an interesting take on on um, on robots and stuff like that. It kind of had like a feel of iRobot with especially with his job and like going after robots and stuff like that 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 um, you know go haywire. But then also, yeah, like has this sense of like um, family, and then uh, then then you have like a, a tr kind of true crime with and and s and um, conspiracy or, and you know essentially cyber conspiracy and all this stuff, and and then you know the militarization of technology, and it it, it, it like very much branches out very well. <laughs> it was random. 
to have Runaway and Dune talked about in the same sentence means my work is done. Yeah, exactly. But no, it does. It has everything. I mean, if you're a Jetsons fan, that's as close to like a cinematic Rosie as we're ever going to get in Lois. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like every kid dreamed of like having Rosie the robot at their house making them breakfast. And like, now we just have Siri. And, like... and now we have Siri, right? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love that Michael Crane has like a a kind of style to everything where like if you notice with Westworld, it's like animatronics gone wrong. And then Jurassic Park is like dinosaurs gone wrong, theme park gone wrong, and then this is like Roomba's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you have to have it. You have to have it. But uh, I really like that. Like, I was kind of just shocked at how like ahead of its time, like you know, we just said, but like it really predicted a lot of technology, especially with like you know the killer Roombas. I mean, we don't have that yet, but I mean, it, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating how like just it's uh, I don't know, it just blew me away. Like I, I'm, I'm honestly very shocked too. Like you said that like. You know, because I, I like 80s movies. I like especially, like, super cheesy 80s movies like this. And I was just like, dude, how have I not heard of this? But I, I thank you so much for introducing me to this because now I just want to, like, watch it at, like, parties all the time. Like, I just want to have, like, a, a Michael Crichton night of just, like, Jurassic Park and run away. <laughs> Well, those spiders. I mean, to me, those spiders oh, yeah. should be iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, should yeah. be iconic. I mean, they're so rad. I heard people in the audience, you know, as much as there was, like, laughter with the cheesy, because there was some cheese in this movie, absolutely. But there were gas. People, I could hear you guys reacting to, like, when the spiders are coming up on the elevator, when it jumps up, when it hits them in the hand. I mean, they're, they're creepy, authentically creepy creatures, inventions in this movie. Yeah, it you know? is a techno thriller. Like, you are legitimately, like, kind of like, oh, my gosh, this thing's going to, like, stick a needle and you would shoot acid into your face and it's yeah. then blow up and you light you on. It's just, like, very, just, like, edge of your seat. And Crichton is, like, very good at that kind of suspense, you know, especially in a movie like this when he doesn't have, like, the kind of Spielberg magic over it, like Jurassic Park, you know? Right. Like, this is just pure Crichton-like Things are coming to get you. Don't trust technology. Like, and it's really fun. It's I think '80s schlock in the best possible way. In the same way that RoboCop is, which is another kind of movie that I, I love a lot. That I think is pretty similar to this movie. That has you know obviously been recognized over the years for being what it is. Whereas I think this movie kind of you know as we've said is kind of just fallen by the wayside for whatever reason. Um, and it's kind of been forgotten, but it's it's the same vibes. It's the same, just kind of like cheesy 80s, just like the technology is coming to get you. Here's a cop who's going to like try and stop him. Um, so, yeah, I I think this definitely deserves to go in that kind of like 80s kind of like cheese, but knows what it's doing canon. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how like self-aware it was, but it did definitely like it was deep 80s, like, you know, like with the – Especially with, with his partner's character, you know, like the it, it was very much like um, I don't remember any, but from from RoboCop's, car- you know, his partner in that one, you know, the, all the women wearing skirts, you know, that kind of like uh, borderline sexist, but okay. <laughs> no. But the it was just so like with her character, I was like, this is your first day, you need to know all this stuff about your partner. Like he does not need to be, you know. Like you're, like you guys don't need to be together. This is your third date, kind of thing. But it was just so, like I know you kind of have to suspend dis, you know, belief in these '80s movies for that reason. But you know, you also find like a, you know, uh, uh, like it adds to the the feel of it and and stuff like that, which I I enjoyed. But you know. Yeah, every once in a while, it's interesting to revisit a movie that you love a lot from the 80s and see those little things that are like, oh, gosh, yeah, that's better left. Back. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh. I haven't seen this one in a while. And no, absolutely. I mean, you know, from the Kirstie Alley, you know, the first thing he says, well, she's really attractive. <laughs> 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 it's 
tahum. I mean, he's just saying that out loud. And then, you know, ending on like, you know, what, a three and a half minute kiss yeah, with sparklers like, going on. All of it. He's got acid on his face. I've forgotten about this stuff. Right? Yeah, I was like, he has acid on his face and stuff. I'm like, the man needs to go to a doctor. And also, a long shot was was the elevator right up. I'm like, I'm like, it, it, but it played good because it gave into that. And also, another movie that this kind of like homaged in a way was, you know, Hitchcock's Vertigo, Vertigo yeah. too and yeah. stuff like that and that whole thing. But yeah, so like even in that scene, like while it was long, like like kind of waiting for it to end, I was like, well, it does play into like the vertigoness of it too. So yeah, a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, I know <laughs> a lot. That's what I'm saying. It, it's like five movies in one, and it does like if some some movies it does predate, or I don't know if like I Robot the book was written before this, but it, like definitely predates that movie. You know, it, it gets its kind of like inspiration a little bit from Vertigo and that story. But, yeah. but yeah. was this an original story from Crichton? Yeah. What, okay. Yeah, so it I wasn't mean, previously written. Yeah, it was 84. And, 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 you know, it came out like you know, my dad and I used to take me to a lot of movies. And so Terminator and Runaway, I, I kind of pair them in my head because they both came out right around the same time in 84. And, um, and yeah, to me, this was, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're little, you you like what you like and it affects you and you don't know you know this is bad or this is a, a campy film whatever you learn that later and you know this was a masterpiece to me as a kid um, but but it just it just one amazing set piece after the other we haven't talked about the car chase you know little tiny shuttle cars chasing after police there's all this stuff just happening the neon sushi guys it's one thing after another where it's like. It just, there's so much, in, like I said, inventiveness and moments and set pieces throughout this entire film that, um, that I think is, is remarkable. Yeah, it does not, like you said, the Spielberg, he doesn't try to gloss over, turn it into some kind of two-hour and ten-minute film that could have easily been 80 minutes long or, or focus on the future elements or future lines with a sense of wonder so we can go like, wow, the future. It's so presented matter-of-factly, but at the same time, just one amazing idea after another. So no, I, I fully agree. I think for me, my movie like that, that I'm very afraid to go back to from my childhood in the 90s is Billy Zane, the Phantom movie. Like, oh I, I, I love loved that, that movie. movie. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, and I have not been back to it in 20-something years, and I'm just like, I think so that's, I think my Runaway, I don't know if it's going to hold up as well as Runaway will, but I just I just remember, like, the three skulls, and just, oh, my gosh. That, that Has there been a movie? I'm curious now. Like, are there movies where... You love it, and you haven't seen it in a while, and you go back and watch it, and you're like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Well, but you we loved it back then. Well, we kind of touched on one from my childhood on, on our podcast, and I, I had mentioned this earlier for you, um, but Monkey Bone yeah. was one of mine um, from my childhood that randomly – but for me, I do still credit that it, it works. Still, there are some like randomnessness, but but you know it, it still works for me, and 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 I was glad for that. <laughs> so sure. so yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me the one that I kind of went back and rewatched. I, I saw it as a kid, but it scared the crap out of me. Was uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? But then I saw it when I was older, and then I was like, oh, this is fucking amazing. This is even better than I thought. So. <laughs> You scared me for a second. I'm like, what you did? That's what I was worried about because, like, because one of my buddies, he was like, "You ever seen this Killer Clowns movie?" Like, it was a couple, like, ten years ago. 
And I was like, oh yeah, I saw it, but like it scared the crap out of me as a kid, like because I had like really bad claustrophobia. Now I like I love clowns, but um, yeah, like we went back and watched it, and like I just had an absolute blast. Like I was worried too because I was like, I remember the effects are kind of cheesy, and like I don't know. And then I, as soon as like a clown knocks some guy's block off, I was like, oh no, never mind. This is this is class. This is good. Good. No, I think uh, – so a couple months ago, I was actually on a podcast where that was kind of the premise. Like, you go back and rewatch something from your childhood, and you're like, does this hold up? And I chose Pokemon, the first movie. And I was like, objectively, this is not a good movie, but I loved it. Like, I was like I, – I was having so much fun watching it. I was like, yes, Mew. Like, how we, how we are born doesn't matter. It's what we do with our lives. This is inspirational. I think it would still make me cry. It will still make me cry, probably. Like, just the going back to my, my five-year, six-year-old self and just, like, remembering, yeah, Ash is stone. Like, I mean, I <laughs> Well, there's, there's still that, like, that Minnesota Vikings joke. Did you yeah, see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mostly they're in Minnesota. Even, and, like, Jesse James, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, like, when I, even as a kid, I think I saw it with the, I, I don't know if he's still here, but my cousin Fred used to be one of our, our uh, co-hosts as well. But we went to go see it together in theaters, and I still remember that part where he's just like, they're like, oh, there's Vikings here? And then Ash is like, oh, yeah, they're mostly in Minnesota. I was like, go fuck yourself. I was like, dare you say that? <laughs> like, even as a kid, I was so upset. But I have yet to see any Pokemon movies. I got to catch up on them. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got about 20 years of Pokemon movies. I, I have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> just stick to the games. Stick to yeah. the games. The games are good. You know, but like back to Runaway, like this, this was like, like we said, it's it's really a thriller. Like it really is just like a techno thriller in a way that like few other movies I feel like are. You mentioned that like great car chase that they're doing, where it, you know it, it does feel like very unique where they are running through. But like you see all the little shots where it's like the camera and it's like sped up and it's just kind of like the like you know going through the streets and stuff like that. And you're like, wow, this is this is like unique and impressive and just like I don't know, like it just. It felt so – it felt really of its time, yet at the same time, you're like, yeah, you can watch this, you know, in, in 2021, and it's still so enjoyable. Yeah, the one – that's fine. Speaking of the movie cameras, the one scene that I still – even back then, I used to crack me up and, and still does, and it was great hearing y'all laugh as well, is it's the shot of the bullet chasing um, Chris Mulkey and Tom Selleck through the yeah. – and yeah, Tom Selleck exactly. turning around uh-huh. every once in a while yeah. as he's running away from it. It just kills me. It looks so goofy. Because like, it's kind of fisheye lens, the, like, a little yeah. bit, and, you're, and it's just like, and oh, you're my seeing gosh. how fast the bullet's flying, but then it's chasing a running man who's, who's running, you know, not fast enough that he can't turn around and check for the bullet. Yeah. So it's apparently so, like, it's hard not to visualize the bullet slowing down to him, yeah. you know, so you can get around him and hit Chris Mulkey, but, yeah, that... That always kills me. That, that, that still just cracks me up. It just looks so goofy. And then it's so goofy and great when it ends because it, like, doesn't just, like, hit this guy in the back and, oh, he's dead. It, like, explodes in his back and, he, like, he's, like, halfway up a, like, you know, fire escape and he just, like, tumbles off backwards and Tom Selleck is like, oh, I guess he's dead. No, and Trying to hole in his back. Yeah, checks his, pul- yeah. checks his pulse real fast. I think he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead, Jim. Hole. Gapping hole in the back, and yeah, like when that happened, I was like, I feel so bad for him. Like it's just, and then the way he lands too, it's like very like, uh, <laughs> like it's just like, oh my god, not even like it's just like a couple seconds sooner. Like there's a part where like he runs into like all these uh, like boxes or something. He like threw himself. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, you chill. Like, did, what did Michael Crichton make you do? 
Like, you just scare him. He's like, I need you to crash into this box as hard as you can. No, it's Tom Solid kind of, like, barely, like, moving him aside, and he just full on, <laughs> full ham, like, goes into oh, yeah, the... Yeah, he like, 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 a soccer player, yeah. like, just, yeah. like... Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It was great. I was like, thank God there was that, like, mattress there that he could just, like, know, yeah. kind, like not really softly <laughs> land on, but at least it wasn't, like, pure, like, asphalt street, like... Yeah, you gotta give it to all the all the actors in this movie. They gave one hundred and ten percent. Like it was insane how how much yeah they put into this movie. Like like um and and into these characters that you know some stood on the screen for a little bit, some some didn't. Like yeah, like a standout for that is that is that dad. Like you know like and him freaking out was like one of the best like <laughs> over actings ever I've ever seen. Of just like. What did he do? What did he do? And then he runs away. And they were like, "Wait, no!" <laughs> or like the eight, the chief. He's so eighties chief. He's like, "Listen here, all right? You've been you've been fucking this up this operation up since the beginning. You're off the kicks. Get out of here. You've got to go in there and pull the thing out of." It. I just loved it. it. Was just so just like every chief in the end. But he was also like a whole foot shorter than Tom Selleck, <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like shouting up at him. He's just like, <laughs> so good. And then. The news reporter too, like oh my that gosh. one, and like gets her cameraman killed. But and then Tom Selleck walks over him. We know it. They don't show it, but we he had to step over this man. And then then like the news reporter is just like next day. Oh, I have another camera person. <laughs> oh no, but what about that like hero shot? Like he just steps over the dead cameraman and he's like, "I saved the kid." And everyone's yeah. like, "Oh my god, he did it!" And I'm just like, "What about the camera guy?" And he's like. I saved the kid. <laughs> All I could think of when he like suited up and like was like, I'm going in, was just like, I just had Dumb and Dumber pop in my head. It's like, what if he shot you in the face? Uh, suited up in like, I was like, are, are you going medieval? Because he wears like yeah. this electromagnetic thing and I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And just like it's just like it's so goofy, but it's so good. Like the robot, like the little robot drone thing that's wheeling on, like, and it's just got like a revolver. Yeah, just like, like an old West style <laughs> six shooter. Like. like this is what happens when you give robots opposable thumbs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's literally but that it's meme amazing. of the Roomba with like a knife taped yeah. to it. Yeah. Like, it was just essentially that, and I was like, damn, Michael Pr- Crichton predicted that as well. Yeah. I, I got the meme, guys, but he used the gun instead. Yeah. But you know, it's it, it, it's all amazing for the amazing effect that we that no one could expect. Yeah, and it's good to remember that there was a time because I, it's it's when this movie came out, like it, you know, and, and watch it with friends, whatever, whatever. All this stuff was mind blowing back then. You know, like the robot's got a gun. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it looks hilarious now. No, you know, it was mind blowing to to, was, ev- to yeah. me today. <laughs> you know, a lot of it, but like it's just it's funny to watch those movies back then and, and remember, you know, even stuff from like the nineties when I was older, and I knew like I could discern what it you know that that didn't like I think of Cool World, you know, which is a horrible film, right? <laughs> but no, but back but back then, I mean, and not to say I don't like everyone's want to throw it on because I love Cool World, but it's a horrible film. Yeah, if you think it's underrated, but uh, guys, but. <laughs> But it was like, cool, man. it was crazy yeah, back then. It's like, oh my God, it's like Roger Hubbard for adults. It's cool. They're interacting with each other, la, la, la. It was, you know, and, and then it, but you watch it now with a new lens and everything that's come since and, and the way, you know, effects and the, the, the new style of acting and everything. And it really does date a movie like this, but it's still, like you said, so thrilling and so engaging, you know, for, for having those silly little moments. It's still a blast to watch. 
you know, I'd be curious. I don't know. I, I, looking forward to talking because I know a lot, most of you raised your hands that you hadn't seen this, but I am curious to know what everyone thought. But yeah, no, I, I love this movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like you had mentioned, you saw this when a kid, when you were a kid with your dad. So, why don't you tell us like a little bit about like your history with this movie? Yeah, you know, I had my dad uh, was young. He got married young, and so he was still, you know, by all intents and purposes, a, a young man. Loved movies when I was a kid, and so he would just take me to everything. And he wanted to see everything I wanted to see, and you know, it was that very sort of Western thing where you know, the movie could have someone getting ripped to shreds and have their, their face peeled off. But if there was nudity, that's, you know, oh no, when you're shielding my eyes, you know, that sort of thing. But everything else was fair game. So, um, so yeah, I remember seeing, like I said, Terminator, which just blew my mind. Um, that was a, a huge film for me. And Runaway uh, around the same time. And, you know, I just was a huge, huge fan when, when VHS came out. My sister, who's uh, towards the back, also one of our board members, hey, Giselle. Uh, this was one of our films. We would watch Runaway a lot. Uh, we just loved this movie. Um, we loved Gene Simmons. I love Gene Simmons in this movie. I love Gene Simmons in uh, Never Too Young to Die. I don't know if any of you have seen that. If you haven't, that's my next recommendation. It's <laughs> another, I mean, if, the, if you think this was 80s cheese bad, Never Too Young to Die, you got John Stamos and Vanity are the protagonists, and Gene Simmons playing this insane androgynous uh Anyway, never came to anyway, I love Gene Simmons in this movie, and and for all intents and purposes, it would have been great to see him play villains more often. You know, and, and I was reading that uh, on set he would just stare, he would glare oh at his cast yeah, members and character, and made them all uncomfortable throughout the shoot. Um, and that one of the reasons Michael Crichton hired him is because of the glare that it, it chilled him to the bone. But um, you know, it was just one of my yeah. I had this like little list of movies that I just kept you know run away. Um, uh, uh, Dreamscape, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Like there was this, this like repeated sort of like group of Arthur movies that I would just watch over and over and over again for whatever reason, you know. And Runaway was just one of them. I just really, really loved this movie. It was just something I could always throw on and and have in the background and just sort of like, you know, trip out on. It was just a a cool sci-fi movie that that appealed to me. I probably watched Runaway more than I watched Star Wars or. Mm. Until RoboCop came along. So we have that in common. <laughs> okay, I, I adore RoboCop. I, I, yeah, I defend I RoboCop. I think RoboCop. Like, yeah, so RoboCop then became, I think, in 86, 87? Uh, I think 87, I want to yeah. say. There was a, a theater Anybody in Torrance. 87? Oh, yeah. thank you, thank you. The Lama Mall, uh, that ran a double feature of The Lost Boys and Runaway that mm. I think I went to five times. It's really interesting because when you're a kid, you have these movies that you watch and they're all the same to you. Like You don't know that Runaway is not in the same kind of league as Terminator because they're just movies you watch right. as a kid. And like for me, like I didn't know that like the Rocketeer and Indiana Jones weren't like on the same level. You know, like one was a, like a they're both. I still bo love both of them to this day. But you know, like Indiana Jones is like one of the biggest franchises in film history, and the Rocketeer like is just kind of this like admirable like you know kind of cult classic now. Um, you know, that's finally getting a sequel after you know however many years. Um, but you you don't really put that together as a kid because you don't know like other than maybe your friends might talk about one movie. But you don't know like what critics think or what a box like box office is. You just know that this is a movie that you love to watch, just like this other movie is a movie you love to watch. You know. I remember loving the score. Like I love the score to run away. You know, it was, yeah. I think it was Jerry Goldsmith's yeah, first yeah. synth score, and I just I you know that was something else. Like as I was watching the movie now, even though it's been years since I rewatched it, I was excited to rewatch it with the audience tonight. So I didn't study up, and you know I was anticipating every 
cue every because I just was like oh, I remember this entire score. Uh, it's just the things that stick to you, you know, when you're a kid and you love movies more than anything else. You know, and this is, you know, it, this is one of those movies where, you know, if you were to ask me, you know, why is Blue Velvet your favorite movie? I'm like, well, sit down. We'll spend three hours on it. I can't explain why I love Runaway so much. I can't. I just, it's just That's so thrilling to me. Right. I mean, I could tell you all the little elements that I love about the movie. That's what we're talking about. But, like, why as a kid did I watch it over and over and over again? It just appealed to me. It was just a movie that I really found uh, crazy entertaining and sort of like sparked my whimsy and imagination and I loved the robot. I loved Lois. She's like was one of my favorite supporting characters in a film uh, as a kid. Uh, just the idea of Lois making hot dogs and all that stuff that she would <laughs> yeah. talk about. Bobby. Yeah, I just... I, I, I go was on like, about. no, Lois, save her. Save know, her. Right? She's, she's losing hydraulic fluid. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. losing hydraulic fluid. Oh, my God. She's got to run over to the 7-Eleven and get some. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I wonder what they would have. It's like a 7-Eleven. Like, you know, we go now, you know, they have, like, oil or whatever. Like, everything that's necessary. I wonder, like, in that universe. Or, like, well, I'm going to go get a couple, like, you know, some Hershey's and some, like, you know, oil from my robots and everything <laughs> real quick. You know, Three shells. <laughs> Yeah, it's like instead of getting a phone charge, you just got to get some like a part for your robot. Like this, this is the world where I imagine like instead of them having like developing smartphones, they just develop robots instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, on that fact is like just the robots, just they they're like all the tense versions. <laughs> this was like in present time, so it's just like this is the present, but there's robots. So I really yeah. enjoyed that, and I really I would be very interested in like yeah, kind of like. I mean, it would be kind of harder and nowadays because we do actually have robots. But, but yeah, I guess like an iRobot is kind of like that. But even iRobot is like too – it still has some futuristicness to it, whereas like it would be cool just to see like practical robots in modern day kind of thing. Well, another thing I think about, what, about Crichton's approach is we've seen a lot of movies like The Terminator where like the robots become self-sentient or they, they, they become self-aware. They, they decide to trigger a war, the Matrix, whatever it is. And with Crichton, whether it's Jurassic Park – Westworld, this movie, it's human interference ends up being exactly. the thing that causes whatever the crisis is, which I really dig about sort of that through line with him, that it's never just that the machines go nuts or that, you know, the, the technology goes right. Dinosaurs have come back from a missile or something like that. It's humans mm -hmm. took technology and did something terribly wrong, whether it's for evil purposes or for selfish purposes, like Jurassic Park, huh? Kingdom of Dinosaurs, or Westworld, we're going to have a theme park, um, which is an interesting take, you know, again, looking at the Terminator, where it's similar ideas, you know, technology gone awry, but, you know, in that more traditional, technology became self-aware and decided to just wreak havoc for whatever reason. Yeah, no, that's, like, a really good point, because I think uh, even, like, maybe Robocop is the only other one I can think of where it's, like, the people are the ones behind it, and it's not just, like, oh, no, it's become self-aware, you know, like... Corporations. Yes. Ooh, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, it's like you said, you know, like, Jurassic Park, the bad guy isn't, you know, the T-Rex and the Velociraptors, the bad guy's Dennis Nedry, you know, he's the one who screws everything up, you know, um, and corporations also in that, you know, too. Um, but, yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a very Crichton. I think does a good job of being like, hey, 
technology is just another thing. Like like how you know Tom Selleck has a speech. He's just like people make robots, so robots break down. People aren't perfect, so robots aren't going to be perfect either. It's not like we have to be afraid of technology necessarily, but we have to be afraid of its applications and like you know. We're selling it, you know, we're packaging it and moving too fast, the standing on the shoulders of the giants, like Ian Malcolm just being a, basically a mouthpiece for uh, Michael Crichton, so, yeah. And uh, let me ask you a question, Logan. Um, for you guys as well, I wanted to ask you guys, and even the audience as well, like, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, yeah, it's cheesy and, you know, and all that, but I'm not going to lie, I would love to see, like, a modern version of this, because we have Westworld, which essentially was another Crichton movie, you know, theme park on Rome kind of thing. And but I, I've only seen a little bit, like the first season or two of Westworld, but I can totally see this, like, world kind of nowadays being even more advanced. I can totally see, like, writers really go out of the way, even making, like, the runaway, like, um, department. Like, the whole... I, I thought that was so interesting that there was just a specific, like, department for, for like, runaway robots, just how, like, they're, like, you know... Uh, vice and uh, homicide and all that. So, if if they were if HBO came out and were like, hey, we're gonna do a runaway, um, a runaway remake show movie, what, what would you guys want to see in that? Or like Roombas. <laughs> I think you had it because when you mentioned the Roombas, jokingly, I'm like, oh my god, if there was a modern version of Runaway, I would love to have killer Roombas, you know, chasing down the freeway to kill people. I also like too, like going back to that, like that 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 idea of like a runaway department in the police. I love the little moments where you can tell that the chief found the runaway department sort of secondary or laughable. He'd roll his eyes a lot as they were working on robots. Like all these little touches to like show the like the politics of the thing. But no, I agree with you. I think I think that you know it would be interesting to see uh, this movie. You know, what in technology could a mad scientist who's you know, working for, you know, like he's, at one point, he just says very matter of fact, like, whoever has the most money, whether it be terrorists, whatever, it's just, he's, that's what he's about. How they can manipulate modern day technology, like social media, say, uh, for nefarious purposes. It, it would be interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe just turn on the TV and watch the news. Yeah, and then have more gangsters with MIT degrees. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. and this guy with a Caltech. Yeah, Caltech. Now he wants to nuke a bunch of I people. I mean, we haven't even talked about that. Bullets that seek the specific thermal reading of a specific human being. There's just so much going on in this movie. And it's just like one thing after another, just brought up matter of factly. But, but yeah, no, I, could, I mean, and, you know, with effects today, too, like to see, like, bullet cams going around yeah. corners and stuff like that. Yeah, but I would really hope to keep it practical. Like, this movie was very, very practical. Like, even, yeah. like, the building of, like, when they busted open, like, the tracking um, bullet, yeah. I was, like, very impressed with, like, how detailed it was and stuff like that. So, like, I would, and I, you know, I'm always a person that would love practical over, over special effects in most cases. So, like, I would really love, like, yeah, for if we, this was to be remade in any way, um, for that practicality to carry through, too, yeah. And I love the, the, the traces, like the bullet extraction scene. You know, I don't know if I about anybody else, but every time I see that scene, I can feel the nerves in my, you know, especially when the yeah. bullet gets pulled out and that it just kind of pops dense. back in. Yeah. But they never show her arm. They never yes. show the bullet. They oh never show the blood. Yeah, they they show her face and then the image on the thermal scan. And that's so effective because I think that, Absolutely. you know, given the what looked like not the biggest effects budget for this movie, mm. I think a close-up may have looked like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger taking out his Iron Terminator bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, 
but they don't, and it's still painful. It's still like you know, it's still a palpable scene to watch. You know, with the choice like in the sweat and the just the grimacing and everything. Um, no, I agree. Like there was a lot of really cool choices to keep things sort of um, still futuristic and still sort of fantastic, but but subdued at some level. Yeah, and I think that really, I, I wanted to bring up that scene, so thank you for mentioning it, because it yep. does amp up the tension so much. It's like, you know, when you don't see a monster in a monster movie, it's so much scarier. This is the same principle, but with, you know, just like the tension of like removing this thing. You don't have those, like, if you're looking at her arm, I feel like it's just, you know, maybe a little grotesque and not as scary, but this just, you, you're on pins and needles, like, the whole time. But to answer your question, Alan, like what I would really love to see if they were gonna make like an HBO Max like original series or something would be the Blade Runner twenty forty nine approach. I wouldn't want to see like oh we're just gonna like remake this in like you know based on modern times. I would like to see the future like come that like evolve from this. Like not like oh it's twenty twenty one now, but twenty twenty one based on this like nineteen eighty six or whatever. Like I would absolutely love to see that. Make it like. You know, um, Runaway 2049. Like, I would love that. You got Bobby be the protagonist all grown up now. Yeah. Yeah, No, like, Tom Selleck is the chief, which is, like, he (laughs) has experience with being the chief. (laughs) So, from Blue Bloods and all that, yeah. Is he still married to Cynthia Rhodes? Do you think they got married? Is that what? Yeah. If it was you, were, kidding, you were divorced? No. Oh, no. no. They, they got to reconcile by the end of the miniseries. <laughs> yeah, reconcile. I was going to say, I don't want to go too too far in the future because I love the aesthetic, like the 80s, like especially the car chase scene. I absolutely love that drone, so I want it to be like the far off theater of like Runaway 2000, <laughs> like Y2K Strikes. Like, I'd rather see something like a little more old school, but that's just me because I love like 80s and old school stuff. But, yeah. um, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I think the Blade Runner 2049 approach would be a lot of fun. And, um, screw him, why not get, why not get Danny Bellamy in it? It's like, hey, you've done a little bit of cyberpunk. You ever heard of Runaway? <laughs> Has it, it does the same approach as your Dune. It just jumps right in. <laughs> it's really, take a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad to see Christy Alley go, though, isn't it? Uh, That's a brutal scene, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They done Jackie Rowan, I think. I, I love how just like she's just like so 80s sassy in this movie. She just like has no time for this misogynistic cop. She's like, I'm just here to have like big shoulders and smoke. <laughs> yes. uh, and then to get stabbed in like the brain? The, the, she got stabbed like right in the back of the head, yeah, right like right the head. and nobody yeah. at that restaurant noticed and he just plunks her in the water I'm like okay. well I mean did you see the sushi out. machine yeah. Yeah. I mean they probably were like oh she got stabbed but look at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right on well guys any any final thoughts before I think you had something Ariel oh oh yeah I do have um so us is under under cast company. Um, we're going on our third year in, in January, and this is a special um, occasion. So I thought I might give my co-hosts um, some gifts, you know, based on wow. our our first podcast ever. Oh, thank you. How many episodes have you guys done? This is going to be episode seventy-two. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank, thank you. you so much, guys. Just out of sheer curiosity, are there any films that are like the highlight episodes where you're like proud moments or like, oh, if you're going to listen to three, listen to these? Just to like, Thirteen Ghosts is a great I one. I was about to say, <laughs> the Thirteen Ghosts episode. Please, I highly recommend it. I think we had 
an absolute blast on it. Um, I think Ariel Sergio was in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, her brother was in it, and we were just like crying of laughter. We were having <laughs> such a ball of it, so I highly recommend that. If, if there's an episode I would recommend, it's 13 Ghosts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our first ever episode is one that I would recommend, and that's what this is based on, is uh, Speed Racers. I got some pops from you guys because I'm a pops person. Oh, my God. This is the kind of shit. Oh, my God. Look at this, guys. That is so rad. Everybody who knows me knows how much I love Speed Racer. I will never stop. I will, it still makes me sad that the Wachowskis never got to make their sequel. Like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Oh, um, my God. Which other one would I recommend? Uh, we've had some really good ones. Like, um, our, our series of, of the big swings, like, that kind of spun off of, of our review of, of Speed Racer was really good. Um, I really had a lot of fun with our summer sequel series, too. Um I think Star Trek Beyond. That Star was a Trek really Beyond good one. Like, I yeah. love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we've, like, it, I, I love this show, us doing this show so much, is because we get, at least for me, I get introduced to so many random movies like this one, like um, Runaway Here. And then I also get to introduce you guys to some. But, and, and it's just, we always have a great time of just, like, you know, acknowledging the good and the bad of a movie, but we never really put movies completely down like you know we're, we're always pretty much positive we try to keep positivity to it but but yeah yeah i mean we have fun in it we have conversations like this so if you ever want to hear more of this kind of conversation and and banter you know please give us a follow and stuff yeah 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 i mean that's my big thing is like i i love movies and every movie is like somebody's favorite movie out there like I still have from the YouTuber, but like that's something that I always like <laughs> love to say because it's it's really true. And there's movies that I love that I'm like I guess I get, I get why people don't like this, but it's really special to me. And people, film fans, have like these really special relationships to movies like you with Runaway and just like you know these movies. Like I, I want I don't want to put a movie down ever. Um, like, even if it's like something that I think is goofy or cheesy, I might like make fun of it a little bit. But like like people love movies and. You should like you should just go out and tell people, hey, this is an underrated film. Like, go do that, and that's the whole point of this podcast. And like, thank you everyone out there for like showing up tonight. It's it's like I thought it might just be my parents here tonight, <laughs> so to like see you guys all in the theater, like, and to come out and watch this movie and to like listen to us talk live, you know, for our first live show, has been really special. So thank you so much, guys, everyone. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And I just want to do a quick shout out. To uh, you know, my team here and Logan, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank, thank, you. You. thank you. This was a blast. It. Thank you so much. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to Derek and Ariel because they have been such troopers. They've been pushing hard with everything. You know, I, I they do a lot more than I do. You know, I'm just the host. I don't have as many resources as they do, but they constantly push it. You know, we're, they're always there. They're always pushing new ideas. You know, they both made new shows as well. Like they're, you know, Derek had the Gateway episodes. And then Ariel has the um, you've, you've never seen. Yeah. Sorry, since I'm birth. No. Um, <laughs> but like they're always pushing it, and I absolutely love that. And they also push me to be a better um, podcaster and be on it. So I just want to give them a shout out, especially since this is their first live show. At least I want there to be an audience for them to be like, "Hey, dude, I love you guys, and I appreciate everything you guys do." No, no, thank, thank you. you thank, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, if when we get when. Because we do get into heated discussions, and Alan is always there to be the mediator. Yeah. So I really in, uh, because we. Well, the two of us, we get a little heated sometimes, like, in a good way. But Alan's like, like that. but yeah. 
Yeah, the the psych major here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only I went to MIT to make robots. <laughs> I messed up. But yeah, and, and Logan, thank you again. Before we close out, um, you know, you run this amazing theater. Like I've had so many fun times coming to this theater. Um, I think a couple years ago we all saw Drive here. Um, yeah. Oh my God, the first one of the first movies I saw here was Jurassic Park when I was like three. That's like my first film memory. I was seeing Jurassic Park. So like, holy crap, it all comes back around. <laughs> And then you did like your Lord of the Rings marathon. I had a ton of fun with that. So like, yeah. um, thank you and for hosting us. It was it was really cool. Um, I don't know if you wanted to mention anything to the listeners or anybody about the just a, you know. First of all, there's so much love on this stage. I love it. <laughs> oh, but thank you. no, just I'm I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And honestly, like I you know we program the theater from within. Uh, Trevor, Dylan, and myself. And, you know, we, we do put in a lot of movies that we know you love. You guys send recommendations. We really, really do keep a list of the recommendations that come in and then try to find ways to incorporate them into, you know, film series or just play them. Uh, but we also obviously play a lot of our favorite films, and I have yet to play Runaway here. And so this provided me the opportunity to finally bring Runaway to the Frida. Sure, I play you know, Blue Velvet twice a year, if you, or maybe <laughs> Drive twice a year. But, um, you know, uh, it was just a joy to finally finally bring this movie here. And honestly, all of you, so, so glad you all made it. Um, I'm just curious, if I, if I can close out with this. Uh, you mentioned, which I love, movies that that you know, you responded to that you really love, you know, that you should embrace and celebrate them and, you know, and share them just from the audience, you know, did that trigger any specific films for anyone? Does anyone have a film to shout out that they just absolutely love but feel like not enough people know or have seen or or that the movie's considered bad even though you just think it's remarkable? Anything? Just curious. Yes. My science project. Oh my god, that's a great one. Okay, I'll start writing these down. my science project is awesome. We're always yes. looking for suggestions. Yes. Oh, those are great. Ice pirates and caveman. Ice. That's a double feature right there. <laughs> Space herpes. <laughs> Sorry, it's a caveman thing. All right, uh, anyone else? Come on, yeah, Ringo Starr and Dennis Quaid as Caveman, Shelley Long. It's just a, has anyone seen Caveman? You've seen it. Anyone? Caveman is amazing. Carl Gottlieb directed it, wrote Jaws. It's, it is fantastic and a great, memorable song number in it, too. Anyone else? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Troll in Central Park. A troll in Central Park. I gotta add that to the list. It's weird. The second, that's the second time someone's. I've never seen it, but my friend uh, Brian, who loves Secret of Nim, he's a Don Bluth fanatic, always talks about Is it Troll. A Don Bluth film? It's not a Don Bluth oh, okay. film, but but if it's, if it's in that same vein. We were talking. Yeah, well, yeah, we were talking about Tom Bluth, and he just brought up Troll in Central Park, but it's something I gotta watch. I mean, right that's kind of right up my alley. Oddly unsettling, but very sweet. That's, that's yeah, okay, that, that works. That was Titan, if anyone saw. <laughs> Oddly unsettling, but very, very sweet. Um, 
Anyone else? Yes, in the back. Jeff Bridges and Rosanna Arquette. A million ways to die. Was it a Hal Ashby film? Wow, okay. Interesting. You know what I watched last night? Yeah. Which, and I actually wrote it on your on your board out there. <laughs> and it just blew me away. And I want to watch it again, like now, is My Dinner with Andre. Oh, my God, that's been on my list forever. I don't know why it took me this long, and I totally thought I knew exactly what I'd be getting into, but no. Uh, If anyone hasn't seen My Dinner with Andre, uh, don't watch it if you're going through, like, a really deep existential crisis. Oh, well, never mind. Which, yeah, but what a film. Just incredible, incredible movie. Yeah, uh, the back row? Berserker. Okay, right on. That's the couch movie? Not the not the newer Berserker with two guys on the couch. No, okay, no, I haven't heard of you. You're, no you're not talking about that song that that one guy sings. My love for right? you is like a clock berserker. <laughs> Would you like some making fuck berserker? All right, sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> Alphabet City. Alphabet City. Is that what's that? Vincent Spano? Never heard. Of that. Okay, right on. I sh- okay, I have to. I have to oh, we'll have to go back and replay it to remember all these titles. I'm like Madden Zero right now. I have not seen like any of these. Anyone else? Yes. Warning sign. That. Right on. Who is your dad? G.W. Bailey's your dad. Oh. Okay, police chief who is shorter than Tom Selleck is this gentleman's dad. I think Whoa. we talked about this on oh, wow. Facebook. Legend. That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I was noticing that him and. Um, the security guard for the closer, the closer. yeah and closer yeah uh-huh. yeah I was like this is he's yeah him <laughs> taking a dive into that horse in police academy is one of <laughs> the, like, the funniest things I've ever seen and oh my god <laughs> just so great There you go. And we got nine, was it eight, nine films out of it, too? Eight films, wow. That's amazing. Mission to Moscow, yeah. Anybody else? Any more picks? Yes. I do. Mm -hmm. Not crack for fantasy, okay. Huh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, not coming up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to be on our Christmas list because we're all. I'm the only one that provides Christmas. Or you? I I have like weird Christmas movies. Like yeah. speaking of Rankin Bass, I love the Jack Frost one where it's like Jack Frost versus like the Russian steampunk army. Yeah. What? Yeah. Have you not seen that? It's He's insane. It's Rock? insane. Oh yeah. my god, I love it. It's just because like, it's done in that same style of like Rudolph and like the you know the deer without a Santa Claus, yeah. but it's just Jack Frost and he's just like and just pull, fighting like there's this guy who's like oh I will fight you with my steampunk and it's like these like clock soldiers and it's just it's it's so I can't even describe it. Oh. Yeah. Like and, and the groundhog is the yeah, like it's, it's like it's frame story of the groundhog. Star- yeah, yeah. The, it's because so. We could go on a tangent of like the, the <laughs> <Please> weirdness, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, 
the the movie starts with the narrative being the groundhog from like you know like groundhog yeah. day that groundhog and he's like oh yeah i give jack frost a few couple weeks because we have a deal and then he just starts talking you know about so he's a corrupt groundhog kind of he takes bribes i guess he doesn't take bribe but he he has like a scheme where it's like ah six more weeks of winter i can get some sleep and his like shadow that he sees is actually jack frost there's a whole weird mythology that was the original cinematic universe was the like rankin bass christmas weird universe like I gotta see that. Yeah, like, yeah. Old, yeah. Like, 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 like the claymation stuff, like from back in the like day? the puppets yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Re- Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, you know, all that, all those. Yeah. Wh- versus like, like Soviet Russia. What? No, <laughs> no, it's like like the Cossacks and stuff, like the old timey like imperialist oh. Russia and like and but he builds an army of like mechanical men, but it's like old school, like they're like steampunk like powered, they're like clock or clock powered and stuff. It's weird. It's yeah. good. Yeah. We should do like a but double feature that we should do that one and that one. Yes, yeah. yes. Short enough we could definitely do a feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but Mad Monster one. Party is amazing. I love Mad Monster Party too. So yeah. So where do folks find your podcast? Yeah, so you guys can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google, um, Stitcher, and anything like that. We're also on YouTube if you want to watch the video versions of any of our podcasts. Um, if you guys have liked what you heard, you know, go out um, and listen, please. Um, we've got a Discord if you want to talk with us more about movies. Um, we've got a Patreon, we've, you know, Instagram, all the stuff. Um, Undercast Company um, is the name that we do. So, yeah, right there, in case you guys forget, it's above you. Um, or above us, I guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, go ahead and give us a listen. Um, thank you once again, everyone, for coming. Uh, thank you, Logan, for having Absolutely. us. Um, I've been Derek, Ariel, and Alan. Thank you. Thanks all for being amazing. Thank you so much, everybody, and I hope you guys had a good time this evening. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. The uh, the folks from Undercast put a board out in the lobby with some markers. Uh, I think the three questions was movies that were underrated, movies that are underappreciated, and And movies that slid under the radar. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if you have any recommendations, feel free to add them on. Everyone, thank you so much. Have a very good night. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Thank you for coming. Have a good night.